Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, that's right. You found the right place. I'm just here trying to talk on the radio or the Internet. I don't know which. Maybe I'm talking on both. All I know is this, is I'm glad to have y'all, and I hope that y'all will join me in chat. You know, because I'm there. See if it's fun. We'll have some fun. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Ninja Pastor. I am just chatting with you today from uh, global warming. Uh, has been effective up until just a little bit ago, and then it turned cold, and now I'm cold. So I'm not cold, cold, but you know. So listen, I, I appreciate you coming and joining us today. Controversial show today. Uh, I'm down with that. Uh, I'm cool with it. Um, controversial doesn't bother me. I don't know if you've picked up on that. It doesn't bother me, and I don't care because uh, I'm ready if it goes there. You're going to hear that term again. On today's show, I'm going to be featuring Madison Rising. That's America's most patriotic and awesome rock band. I call them Du Bois because they're awesome. They rock. Uh, all the guys, all four, including Rich, the manager, great, great people. Uh, they are they're phenomenal people. But look, here's the deal. They are an awesome rock band. Uh, and, and, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. And I want you to think of Madison Rising when you're doing your Christmas shopping, because if you visit MadisonRising.com, you will find that they put this out. There's, there's some pretty nice bundles. There's nice bundles, Sean. Very nice bundles. Good prices, Sean. Very good. Very good, these prices. I think I can work with them. So they got some bundles, all kinds of stuff put together for awesome patriots. Any any patriot would love these. Ooh, oh, you know what? Hey, I just thought of something. Do you have a liberal? I'm ignorant. Do you have a liberal? Ignorant not as in I don't know any better. Ignorant as I don't act any better. You know how that is. 
Do you know? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> I'm just sorry about that. That's my Sussex County coming out of me. Do you have? I'm going to try again. Do you? <laughs> you probably won't think this is very funny once I say it. Do you have a liberal person on your Christmas list that is a liberal? But they love awesome rock and roll. Well, say no more. Let the total rocking out Madison Rising turn them from left to right. Here's a taste. Well, they say that the country's done. They say that the stock market's going to crash. They say that every single one of us is going to let down while they walk across our backs. But I'm a stand-up. Gonna put my fists in the air No, I don't wanna have to bring my guns But I'll be ready if it goes there But you can lay down if you wanna You can run away if you wanna You can pretend that this is totally okay if you wanna You can play dead if you wanna Forget what they said if you wanna
and there's no money exchange or anything like that. But uh, I like her stuff. She's solid. I've met her, and she's 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 something special. She's a warrior. Because going to the White House, meeting with world leaders at the U.N., having a clock med proclamation day in New York City and more is not enough for a for building a bomb hoax and taking it to school. Well, now comes this thing. By the way, these hoaxer hustlers announced they were moving to Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, pronounced Qatar, uh, not Qatar, um, or Qatar actually is the proper pronunciation, not 24 hours after meeting with the President Obama at the White House. Ahmed Klakid Muhammad's family now demands $15 million from City of Irving School District. And that's not all. Jason Howerton writes this uh, on The Blaze today as well. Attorneys representing the family of Ahmed Klakid Muhammad sent a letter to Irving, Texas officials demanding $15 million in compensation for damages, as well as written apologies from the city's mayor and police chief. Now, I'm not sure what they're apologizing for United States President Barack Hussein Obama talks with 14-year-old Ahmed Muhammad during this second astronomy night on the South Lawn of the White House, October 19th, 2015, in Washington, D.C. Invited to the White House for the science event, Muhammad was handcuffed and questioned by police last month when he brought a homemade electronic clock. Now, I, I wish folks would stop saying that it's a homemade electronic clock. It is not a homemade, it's a home-destroyed. It's a home-reappropriated clock. All he did was take the case off the clock that involves removing four screws and then gluing it to a briefcase. And you know why he did that? That's a test run. So anyway, back to the article. When he brought a homemade electric, which we already established, not homemade electronic clock, to class at MacArthur High School in Irving, Texas. And officials mistook it for a bomb. Let me see. Because uh, it was set up to look like a bomb. The letter obtained by Dallas Morning News reporter Avi Selk demands $10 million. Well, is it $15 million? Okay, here we go. It adds up to $15 million. From the city of Irving and $5 million from Irving ISD. Officials have 60 days to comply with the demands or face civil action addressing the causes of action and events related to the infamous clock incident. First of all, here's what I say Irving Mayor Beth Van Doon and Police Chief Larry Boyd. Uh, but by the way, Van Doon first told the Blaze that no one from the city has even seen the letter. She added, apparently it was more important to get the letter to the media first. Roughly an hour later, the mayor confirmed that the city had received the letter from Mohammed's family attorneys. Muhammad found international fame after he was arrested for bringing a reconstructed clock to school that teachers treated as a possible hoax bomb. Muhammad's family quickly alleged anti-Muslim discrimination. After making appearances at a number of high-profile locations, including the White House, Muhammad and his family moved to Qatar. For personal security reasons, Ahmed and his family are in Doha, Qatar. However, when they feel safe again, all of them want more than anything to come home to Irving, Texas, the letter states. What y'all think? Now, first of all, my buddies, um, yeah, ISIS needs the money. My buddy Steve in chat says ISIS needs the money. Uh, my buddy Craig says, uh, well, let's see, it's Steve 
says the, the only thing Ahmed should get is a charge of inciting panic and his parents charged with extortion. Amen and amen. You see, I'm flustered. I'm flustered, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not surprised. Not at all. No. I was sure they were going to sue. Let's see. Is this little boy afraid? Because he... The family's afraid, see, for personal security reasons. They're in Doha, Qatar, where it's so safe. And when they feel safe again, they're going to come back. They all want to come back home, home to Irving, Texas. You know, where they're from. I say, let's kick them out. Get out. Try collecting your money from Doha, Qatar. Good luck. (laughs) Anyway. Ticks me off, makes me mad, but I knew it was coming. So anyway, some folks have told me they're having trouble getting in. Um, I'm not sure why, to be honest. I, I don't know why. Um, it's frustrating. Uh, we originally, you might have noticed, we started about a minute late. Um, I logged in 15 minutes before. I used this fancy um, hi-fi option on Blog Talk Radio uh, Direct Connect, which is what they recommend we use. And guess what happened? It didn't work. It said you'll automatically connect five seconds before your show starts. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So we had to get out and go back in and go into Skype. So, um, oh, well, Jingle Bells, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't know how to fix this. Any of you know a better platform? I'm more than happy because I'm tired of giving these people my money. And for them having a, a not very solid. And if you're listening, uh, you pretty much suck. So I was going to leave here once before. I had some other friends who are, are much bigger hosts than me on here. And, and they just got tired of the problems. They say they got the problems fixed, but I don't think they did. So have you ever wondered as a person of faith, what would Christ do in all of these circumstances? What should Christians think and know about the immigration jihad going on in America, even as you read this. Let me say this. I want to I lay this out to you. I better turn some lights on. Whose idea was it, by the way, to do this stupid daylight savings time? Can somebody tell me that? Because I'm just going to tell you this. I hate it. I, I just freaking hate it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, do you guys have this book, ISIS Exposed? Eric Stackelbeck, I'm excited to tell you, he'll be on after Thanksgiving. Um, He's also the author of The Brotherhood and Terrorists Next Door, all bestsellers. But he wrote this book called ISIS Exposed, Beheadings, Slavery, and the Hellish Reality of Radical Islam. I'm telling you, this boy and I think. uh, By the way, Susan, I am glad you got in. Susan had a heck of a time last week. And this week she's in. Ding, ding, ding. She wins the prize. I don't know what the prize is. I don't have anything. Sorry. I'll clap for you. Great job. You're awesome. And she is awesome. And you'll hear this woman sing. She's a retired school teacher. Them children drove that woman crazy. Nah, not crazy. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, we have a good time. We uh, we really have a good time. I, I ought to mention to you that, that uh, I'm doing a series. And if you come to our Kehala on Sunday, uh, 5 o'clock we have a meal. Everybody brings something. You don't have to bring anything, especially if you're a visitor. You don't have to bring anything. We can seat over 100 people. Uh, the food 
I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. It's, ridi- I'm t- it's ridiculous. I'm not kidding you. You guys ought to come. Uh, we have a blast, blast. <laughs> One, my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania. Daylight savings time gives your tomatoes an extra hour of light each day. Well, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that because I, what is it, going to be dark in like 10 minutes? I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, it had to be a liberal thing, right? Somebody tell me that. I know I got the smartest audience in the world. So anyway, you've asked me why Obama using term ISIL. Why he says ISIL? Why he not says ISIS like everybody else? Why he do this? You say to me, why? Why Obama doing this? Well, I'll tell you why. The reason why Obama is using the term – now, this is why I'm saying this. I'm going to interrupt myself to say this because you need to understand this as we go forward. Oh, I was talking about the Kehala. So the Kehala at 5 o'clock, it's in Newark, Delaware. If you send a message through theninjapastor.com, by the way, that's where you can also donate to this ministry. Everything, every penny goes back into doing what we do. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, so 5 o'clock we have this, we have this, uh, this meal, and it's awesome, I, I'm telling you. You ever leave there hungry? Something wrong with you. Uh, so, and it's nice and warm, and it's just comfortable. It's very, very comfortable. We have a lot, a lot of fun. So then, at five thirty, of course, as you know, we go live with Sundays with Dr. Sean right here, and uh, we let it rip. It's, it's definitely not a politically correct. Uh, uh, I guess you would call it a church service. I don't know. I don't know really what you would call it, but it's a kehala. It's, it's the original gathering of the followers of the way. And uh, so then, you know, we, we have that for an hour. And then after we go off the radio, uh, the broadcast, you, you know, is over. Then we have a very vibrant Q&A. And I mean very vibrant. Uh, and then uh, Steve, who is awesome, plays awesome violin. And Susan helps us with uh, keeping us all on cake. Sometimes we fall off. You know, but we sing, we sing all kinds of great songs, and if we if we work it, uh, if we really work on on Steve, we can get him to play because he's awesome bluegrass. He can play some serious bluegrass. He plays classical violin, but whew, we can get him fired up on some bluegrass. He turns it loose. So anyway, that's in Newark, Delaware. Where to find where that is is go to theninjapastor.com, and then do contact us, and we'll give you all the information. So when Obama and his administration call the terrorists sweeping across the Middle East, ISIL, instead of ISIS. There's a reason for that. It's not, I've said it before on here, but I figure I'd say it again, because I get, I, get, uh, I get questions all the time. All the time, Sean, with the question. I get asked this question all the time, Sean. And then uh, Putin says, I don't know why you, you president do this. He crazy in his head. Uh, he is crazy in his head, and to mess with Putin is just stupid. Anyway, back to our story. <clears throat> he he uses this term ISIL instead of ISIS because they are intentionally identifying the Arab Islamic community that does not recognize the Jewish state of Israel. So when the term ISIL is used, it stands for the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. The Levant is the land bridge from Turkey to Egypt. So by using the term ISIL... He is an administration. This is Hussein Obama, your president. Uh, they they're recognizing an, an Islamic state from Turkey to Egypt and denying that Israel even exists. 
So you understand that this is – he's doing this on purpose, right? You, you guys get this, right? So anyway, back to our story. <clears throat> Europe is being taken over by an invited Muslim invasion. You know that. I know that. Well, I don't know. Maybe you don't know it. I shouldn't assume that because I assume that most church-going folks knew it, and apparently they don't. America is doing the same foolhardy and deadly thing even now. The Hussein Obama administration, they're acting more like treasonous enemies. And when I say treasonous, I'm not saying that um, – I don't know. You know, sometimes I say stuff. People say, well, you're just trying to be hyperbole. I always say it's better to be hyperbole than lowperbole. By the way, I'm going to talk about refugees today, and I just want to say this um, – Wow, I'll tell you in a, I'll tell you in a minute. I don't want to tell you right now. I changed my mind. I've changed it right up, right midstream. <laughs> so when I use the term treasonous, I mean treasonous. The man has committed treason. So has his cabinet. So have the people that are around him. They've committed treason. So anyone that's taken the oath of office in the Hussein Obama administration needs to needs to be prosecuted for treason. And he acts more like a treasonous enemy of America than the leadership of this country. Uh, Hussein Obama doesn't act like he's the president of this country. He acts like he's 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 the the cheerleader for another country. But I, I you know I I get asked this all the time. I'm going to answer it definitively today. But I started to tell you about our Kehala, and then y'all sidetracked me because uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> The people that text me and send me messages during this show. By the way, I'm going to play a song. There's a bunch of United States Navy SEALs and, and uh, SWCC community out there uh, that listen. I don't know why every week. I have no idea why they do. They do. They send me messages on my Internet device, my handheld Internet device, none of which I can ever repeat, just so you know. But I'm going to play a song uh, by the um, – the Madison Rising. I'm telling you, these guys. You you heard some of them. You don't even know. I I I'm telling you right now. Uh, I I I just to me they're one of the best rock bands ever, and I'm a rocker. You see, well, Reverend Doctor Sean, I don't understand. Uh, you played just a moment ago uh, what we call in the church rock and roll. Don't you know that rock and roll is of the devil? Um, no, I don't know that. And Madison Rising, uh, by the way, Jewish drummer, awesome guy, and a born-again lead singer who can rock out. I don't know the, the, the faith status of AJ or Tom. Uh, that's day business, but the boys rock out, and they... Devil music. It's music of the devil. It's devil music. That's some fine H2O. All right, what movie is that from? By the way, I said hyperbole. Yeah, the blues had a baby. We call it rock and roll. Coming from chat, from Mr. Peters in chat. Hey, um, you ever hear of a Nick Aboli? I always get, I don't know how this ends up. Well, I don't know what happens. I'm so hungry. By the way, I've lost a whole bunch of weight. This this uh, physical therapy is uh, is helping me. I'm on this special diet. Water boy. That's right. So that's some fine H2O. Uh, so I'm I'm really working hard and trying to be healthy, trying to get this blood pressure down and taking all kinds of medicine, but getting tired of it. Nicola Pizza, that's right. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Former uh, Delaware boy, now upstate New York boy. 
And uh, so, Nicoboli, I'm telling you right now, I can't have no kind of Nicoboli, and it's about to kill me. Because, you know, I love Nicobolis. They are awesome. Oh, my boy Philly Bob just sent me a picture. He got on his Madison Rising shirt. He got on his Madison Rising shirt. How about that? I got me one of them. I got me one of them. Looks right good on me now that I'm smaller. So, yeah, Nicobolis, awesome. You can get all kinds of stuff in them. I'm, I'm not doing an article. Uh, he goes, I will put my prize. Steve says, I will put my prize in the pile with all my other prizes from the show. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We have got Stromboli. Oh, yeah, now we're talking, too. Stromboli's good, too. Ah, now I'm hungry. Dang it. Mm. So, anyway, back to our story. What I get asked this all the time, and, and it, it's usually... Um, I, I want to say these are more um, more the thinking Christians, the thinking Christians, uh, the the people who um, they they want to do the right thing. They don't want to do their agenda. They want to do the right thing. So they ask me, Reverend Doctor Sean. I don't. They don't always have this accent, by the way. I don't know why. Do what is it with the southern accent? I don't. I don't have all Southern friends, although I have a lot of Southern friends because I'm into the South and I love the South. The South will rise again. But they asked me, you know, what do I think? What do I think about this refugee crisis? What should the Christian do about the refugee crisis? And uh, today, um, I hope to answer what the refugee crisis actually is and what it is uh, being advertised to be. It's not what people are saying. It's not what the left is saying. You ever wonder why the left always wants to bring all kinds of people into this country illegally? You ever wonder that? You know, there's something to it. It's not accidental. It's not accidental at all. So... There's an agenda. You're going to learn about the agenda today. You're going to learn about what the refugee crisis actually is. But um, what should the Christian do? And that's, you know what, that's a salient question. That's that's a uh, that's an important question. So you're going to learn the truth right here, right now, free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. Although if you want to donate to what we do, theninjapastor.com, there's a donate button. Rock on. Every penny goes back into this. So I want to say, and I said this on Sunday, um, they... We, we do we, we we have some prayer requests and things that we talk about uh everybody does there's some important stuff but we started off yesterday um the kehala with a prayer request for my son attends liberty university uh two of his liberty university friends uh they're both girls so i don't know the story on that uh they were both seriously injured in a car crash this weekend going home for thanksgiving and apparently they had surgery. I'm told they're going to be okay. But as a parent, I, I know the kind of worry. I worry the second he leaves, the second my daughter leaves, she usually gets on a plane to go from where she goes to veterinary medicine school um, and flies here. And, and I worry the whole time until they land. I know, I know. It won't make any inch taller. won't cause my hair to grow. But, hey, those of you who are parents know. But we also continue to pray for my friend Eric. Uh, I grew up with Eric since kindergarten. We went to the beach house together. Now imagine this. Beach house. Still there, by the way. For recess, we used to swim because it was on the bay. Lewis Bay. Do you believe that? 
We used to swim. As far as I know, nobody ever drowned. Now we wrap kids in bubble wrap and pink shirts and, you know, ugh, just too much. Uh, so anyway, we pray for my friend Eric. He has multiple myeloma. And uh, he's having a rough time last week. And he just got out of the hospital, uh, I think, last night and during our broadcast, actually. And so I'm going to be going to see my buddy tomorrow, see what's up. But my other buddy, Chris Cahalan, you know, we've been really praying for him. He's 46 years old. Um, Chris has pancreatic cancer. And uh, they were going to do the Whipple procedure. The day they were going to do the Whipple procedure, the new surgeon said, you know what, let's take another look. They took another look, and thank God he did because it would have killed him. Doing the procedure would have killed him. It, it, look up uh, Whipple procedures, W-H-I-P-P-L-E. Uh, it is it is a radical, radical surgery. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, what what they found out was when they did the scanning on my buddy Chris is that, no, in fact, we can't do the surgery. You've got other tumors and, and all this other stuff going on, and your port to your liver is blocked. And so, uh, you know, we began to pray, and you all began to pray, and um, everybody, and he lives in Minnesota, and, and uh, everybody there began to pray, and the prayers of a righteous people availeth much, that's for sure. And so they put him on chemo, very aggressive, and he exceeded the results exceeded that of what was thought possible by the the uh, the oncologist, the surgeon. So December 15th, ladies and gentlemen, December 15th, surgery, Minnesota, my buddy Chris Cahalan is going to have the Whipple procedure, and we pray that it uh, saves his life and rids his body of cancer forever. Also, our buddy, uh, our Kehala brother, Don, uh, and uh, our sister, our Kehala, Angie, all fighting cancer, we also pray for uh, Jill's mom, and Jill know who she is, and we all at the KLA know who she is, for and uh, and also for Jill and for our brother in the fight overseas. We love you and we miss you, and we won't forget about you. So I know that I've been to a bunch of Madison Rising concerts with him, and uh, we don't say his name for security reasons, but we uh, we we've hit we've listened to a whole lot of Madison Rising. He's active duty military, and uh, we've jammed out many a time. Many a time, got a sore throat from screaming and yelling at a Madison Rising concert. So uh, we're, we're praying for you, and we're ticking the time away. Really, really, really. Uh, also, let's pray for uh, my buddy's Uncle Paul. Um, he has prostate cancer, and uh, he just he just clicked that in in Delaware, I believe, in Selbyville, Delaware. So let's pray for him, too. So in your prayers, write this stuff down. Uh, one thing that really ticks me off is when people say, Hey, you know, uh, will you pray for me about this or that? And, and you say, Yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. Sure, why not? I'll, I'll pray for you. And guess what happens? You don't pray for them. You say, Well, I got busy. I, I just got busy. Um, you lie to somebody when you tell them you're going to pray, and you also lie to God because you make a covenant with God. You make a covenant with God. You say, I'm going to pray for you, and then you don't pray for them. So let's. Uh, when when you say you're going to pray for him, let's pray for him. That's a real thing. Prayer is a real deal, man. You imagine you get to talk with God, not just to God, but with God. So as I prepared for yesterday's broadcast and I thought through where we are as a country, the United States of America. And, and by the way, I want to say this. Um, you know, uh, last week, last Monday, we had I have two friends who lost uh, family members in the attack at Bataclan when they weren't at Bataclan they were attacked elsewhere but <clears throat> and they're they're dead they're gone 
and my two friends listened last week and uh, really were very touched and and by our, our tribute to them and and just raising raising our our hands in prayer for them. Uh, France is not a particularly religious place, uh, and in fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You're going to be stunned. Some of the uh, some of the things I'm going to tell you are, are going to surprise you. And you know, I'm I'm often called, uh, you know, mean. I, I'm going to introduce a new term to you. What is it? I said murder happy. Murder happy, I think it is. Well, we'll get into it. I'll I'll give you. I was told I was murder happy, something like that. We'll see what it is in a minute. But uh, anyway, they listened and and they were very very touched. I have a lot of people, ironically, in Belgium. You know, Belgium is a hotbed for terrorism. So Belgium, France, Europe in general, and you're seeing that now. You're you're actually seeing that now. But as I was preparing for the broadcast, I thought about where we are as a country, and I thought about the people of France, and I thought about, as a people, after these things happened in Paris, all the reactions and all of that, and I came to some conclusions. I I, I had some realizations. These realizations are going to coalesce into the next series, which I'll be doing on Sundays. You, by the way, everything everything I do here is free for you. It costs me, but it's free for you, so if... um, you know, you just if you subscribe, if you go to uh, Blog Talk Radio, because rest rest assured, I'm gonna get the technical issues resolved. I'm gonna have a conversation with the the tech people at Blog Talk Radio, and we're gonna get this thing figured out. I guarantee you. So I'm doing a series, and and the, what I realized in preparing for the series on Sundays, again free for you. It's an hour, by the way. There's no commercials at all, uh, none whatsoever. By the way, the commercials I pay, I play, I don't get paid for those. Uh, I do that because I want to support these organizations, just like the Gold Star families. I'm always pulling for the Gold Star families. By the way, I want to say hello uh, to my buddy. I'm not going to say his name. I had the pleasure of being at his unbelievably beautiful wedding in Washington D.C. Uh, a few months, a couple months ago, and uh, and he's traveling back and forth overseas. And I just want to, um, I just want to say. I, I really want to say thank you for your sacrifices. He's a ranger officer. Uh, he's now attached to a a, a different uh, different area, and I don't want to say where that is, but very busy guy, lots and lots of travel to and from Europe, the Middle East, and other places. Um, and uh, he has been in the thick of it. His gun has been in the fight, and I'm proud to have him listen. So, you know, go Army. I'm a Navy guy, so it's very difficult for me to say go Army. And uh, Dave Bray of Madison Rising, by the way, is United States Navy. So I'm strong, a little strong, a little Navy. My brother Dean, who is uh, who is now departed, I believe he died in April. He uh, 52 years old, and uh, he he was Navy as well. So Navy is very thick. I had a bunch of Navy in my uh, my uncles, a bunch of Navy uncles. So uh, anyway, and a bunch of Army too. So I had a lot of uncles. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I'm doing this series. And in this series on Sundays, which you can listen to for free, one hour commercial free, right here. If you subscribe, you get notifications. Subscribe or sign up. I don't know what the terminology is, but either way. Look, I want to focus on how the Christian or the Messianic Jew or the Jew or – or uh, and I, a lot of Mormons – I have a huge Mormon following. Uh, a lot of Mormons – refer to themselves as Christians, 
and and they are by if you believe what if you understand what they believe, not what you're told. What you you know it's it's different than what you're told. There are odd kind of offshoots, but the fact of the matter is they believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Anyway, how do we prepare? How do believers prepare for what's coming? And so uh, if you go back and listen to yesterday, you're going to hear some, you know, it's going to, there are going to be some connections to today, but then next week it's going to make sense for you for next week when you listen. So anyway, the Paris attack. I've got to tell you, they were a watershed for many people. They were a watershed for many. The president of France, for one, Hollande, and also for many others. Unfortunately, not for our president, because our president is busy. Hussein Obama, hint, hint, is busy defending Islam and defending the terrorists. The truth of who we are at war with who is our enemy? It's clear, and the truth of who we will fight, or who will fight this evil, and who will not, is also clear. It's clear that, look, uh, Hussein Obama doesn't want to use our military to fight ISIS. Why? Because how many billions of dollars have been spent in the last year or so, and look at what's happened. Next to nothing. Russia gets involved, Putin gets involved, all of a sudden ISIS is being crushed. Just absolutely being crushed. So I you know, we need to be clear about who will fight and who won't fight. It's very important. We also need to be clear, as I said at the top of the show, what is the refugee crisis? Who is a refugee? Who isn't a refugee? And I want to talk about specifics for preparation. I also want to spend some time talking about the mindset and philosophy of necessary preparation. Now, folks, you know I travel all over the country speaking, and one of the topics I speak on is uh, personal preparation for dangerous events, dangerous times. And I help people with that. I help corporations. I help individuals. Um, It's what I do. I also do keynote speaking, different things. Uh, but but one of the things I love to talk about is helping people prepare their mindset and their philosophy to adjust your thinking so that you can be properly and necessarily prepared. As an introduction, last night uh, to the series that I, I just started, I just told you about, which you can get free, I want to also focus this week's radio show on an article in response to the Paris attacks on a personal interaction I have with a young and earnest Christian woman student. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, just, you know, although we have two hours, I probably could. Last night we had an hour. I did get through it all. But And, 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 I, and I, I want to say again, right at the outset, I'm not throwing rocks at her. I know her personally. I've known her since she was very young. She's a wonderful human being. Uh, she is a fervent believer in Christ, and uh, she worships him with her, her whole, whole heart and soul. She's not dumb at all. She's very intelligent. But I had this conversation. She actually engaged me on Facebook. I'm, I'm, uh, she's friends with me on Facebook, and she. It, it's interesting to me that she engaged me because she's – you'll see why. I mean, she, she thinks I'm, I'm a mean Christian. But she's struggling with the call to love, air quotes, love as the primary role of the Christian. But before that, I want to share something I shared with the group last night. Uh, This is 61 years old. This wisdom is 61 years old. 
And it, it came via one of my great I, – I had a ton of great Master's Divinity School professors um, in, in seminary. And I, I have to tell you, this guy is internationally known. He holds an Oxford Ph.D. His name is Dr. Skip Mullen. He is absolutely phenomenal. By the way, Dave Bray, you're welcome. No doubt about it. Dave Bray just they're, – these guys, man, I'm telling you, I don't know how they do it. They're flying all over the country, all over the world. They've been to Japan. You know, um, I worry about them. I worry about them. They're great patriots. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. They they perform to huge audiences and small audiences, and, and what they charge is it's, a lot of times they come for free. I mean, if it's a fundraiser or something like that, and they can. And they, you know, they do without their family when they when when they come do these things. So if you ever get a chance to hear them, You've got to hear them. You've got to hear them. You'll hear more of them today. So Dr. Moen does this thing called a word a day, um, and it is uh, he kind of breaks down the Bible one word at a time. He is a Hebrew and Greek specialist, but his Hebrew is amazing. Well, he uh, has studied uh, for a long time, and he turned me on actually to Abraham Heschel. Sixty-one years ago, Abraham Heschel uh, wrote a piece uh, that I think is one of the most accurate, and, and so does Dr. Moen, one of the most accurate assessments of our state, of our world today. Here you go. See if this will. And this is from, um, this is actually, and I have this book, by the way. It's it's from Abraham Heschel's book, Man's Quest for God, and it's on page 150 to 151, if you happen to have that book. Tremendous thinker. I'm not saying I agree with everything, because he's, he's pretty liberal on some stuff, but when he hits it, he hits it. The conscience of the world was destroyed by those who want to blame others rather than themselves. Let us remember. We revered the instincts but distrusted the prophets. We labored to perfect engines and let our inner life go to wreck. We ridiculed superstition until we lost the ability to believe. We have helped to extinguish the light our fathers had kindled. We have bartered holiness for convenience, loyalty for success, love for power, wisdom for information, tradition for fashion. There can be no nature without spirit, no world without the Torah, no brotherhood without a father, no humanity without attachment to God. God will return us when we shall be willing to let him in into our banks, our factories, into our Congress and clubs, into our courts and investigating committees, into our homes and theaters. For God is everywhere and nowhere, the Father of all men or no man, concerned with everything or nothing. Only in his presence shall we learn that the glory of man is not in his will to power, but in his power of compassion. Man reflects either the image of his presence or that of a beast. Powerful. Very, very powerful. Dr. Skip Moen, at God's table. A word a day or at God's table. If you if you go to that website, uh, at God's table, you you can sign up. You just give a you just give a, a small donation and, and you'll get sent these every day. It's absolutely amazing and you'll be part of a, a really awesome community of people. Not for nothing by the way, I wrote a book called Excellence Killed the Church how mediocrity is destroying America, and it speaks in depth to this very concept. It's available, uh, not only is it available at Amazon.com, which I just checked, and they actually have one hardback left, and they're ordering more. 
So if you want a hardback, and and if you live in the tri-state area, anywhere uh, near where I am in the Northeast, and I'm going to be speaking anywhere near you, or you get me invited to your church or wherever, um, I'll sign a book for you, and uh, it'll instantly be worth half. So there you have it. So the ninjapastor.com and and uh, Amazon.com. So that's where you're gonna, which we're gonna get that. So here is the thing. I want to say something. Uh, and I want to really let Madison Rising say it for me because they say it so much better. Uh, this Christmas, before I go on to uh, what really happened in France, this Christmas I want you, and you say, well, dang, Sean, it ain't even Thanksgiving yet. Why are you talking about Christmas? Well, I happen to know my buddy Philly Bob already has his Christmas trees up. My friend uh, Dave and Karen Peterson down there in Greenville, Tennessee, uh, they're they're from Boston and they live in Tennessee. Uh, they already have their Christmas trees up. So, hey, put your trees up. Rock on. Um, look, if we could get to our Christmas tree, we have, we have artificial Christmas trees. We don't, we don't have the real ones. And, uh, so, but so what? I, I like to look at them. Anyhow, um, I'm just, I'm just saying, I want you to think about, cause my buddy, my buddy, you know him, he's the guy who did the God and Country Radio website. Um, he's overseas now, active duty. Awesome dude, active duty military fireman. He is just an awesome dude. He's over there. The SEALs that are listening. Um, the the other, we have a ton of, of special forces guys. Look, they're away from their family. They're going to miss Thanksgiving. The dinner, the everything, the getting together. They're going to miss Christmas. I know. I was active duty, and I can tell you, it's tough to be away from home on major holidays. It really, really is. So I want you to think about this. Just just really think about this. Give it some thought. The leaves have all fallen back home where I'm from. Thanksgiving's come, Thanksgiving's gone, and my family tells stories around their Christmas tree. Warm living room on Christmas Eve And the candlelight shimmers as I write down the song Please fall away Family and home as the pen hits the paper Shadows grow long but I stay here a soldier Just me and my gun on this Christmas I'll tell you The truth in my heart from a place that's forgotten Time, God, and love, I'll stay here, man. My word and faith, there's nothing in this world that I wouldn't trade to go home. I want to go home. I want to go Country on 
get to spend Christmas with family and friends. I'll see this all through, all the way to the end. Well, who am I to wish for my home more than them? They gave their full measure till nothing was left. For all our freedom, they gave the last friend. They gave it with honor, with faith, trust, and love. It just doesn't seem fair. They'll never care to go home. No, they'll never go home. They've all sold it all to march with the Lord. about every week I talk about Debbie Lee, Charlie Strange, Karen and Billy Vaughn. You know, they they all know what it's like for their kids not to be home for Christmas. Dev Grew, Navy Seals, uh, Mark Allen Lee. I'm looking right now at a at a commemorative knife I was just honored Honored to be able to get a Mark Allen Lee commemorative bench-made, custom-made knife. And I travel, most of you know, when I'm invited to go speak places, no matter what kind of place it is, I travel with some coins. I have to reinforce my left pocket. I travel with some coins, some challenge coins. And one of those coins is Mark Allen Lee that Debbie Lee put in my hand one day. Her son, Mark Allen Lee, was the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq. Karen and Billy Vaughn and Charlie Strange lost their sons, Aaron Carson Vaughn and and Michael Strange in Extortion 17. And this Thanksgiving and this Christmas, I'll tell you right now, man, what they want more than anything else 
is for their soldiers to come home. And they're not. Here's the cool thing that I know, if there's any cool thing about it, is they all knew Christ. And they are with him. So I want to talk about the dancing with the devil that happened in Paris, and it won't likely be what you think I'm going to talk about. Jerry Ungurian uh, wrote a phenomenal article, and I'm I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to understand, I want to... You know, I want to I want to step delicately on this because I don't want you to think or anybody else to think that I'm saying that the people that died in, in the Bataclan, the concert hall, deserved what they got. And therefore, I don't feel anything for them because that's not the case at all. So I'm going to read this article. You make your own assessment. Before you read this article, please understand that I wept as I watched the horror unfold in Paris. I am praying for all who lost family members. I am also praying for those who are in hospitals, that they will recover. This article is written in hopes that the reader of it will understand that evil has gripped our world. God is grieved and is waiting for people to turn to him to be saved. Time is short. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all powers, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they may be condemned, who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's Second Thessalonians from the Bible, chapter 2, 5 through 12. I want to take you back to a time when things in this world were vastly different than they are today. It was certainly not a, per- a perfect time. It was never perfect on this earth because of sin. It was, but it was a time when people's hearts were not as hardened. Many people attended church. We know that attending church doesn't mean that those people were all born again, but at least there was an effort to draw closer to God. Those who delved into witchcraft were stigmatized and avoided by most of society, but things have changed so rapidly. Those of us who love the Lord Jesus are stigmatized as being extreme, not normal, and a detriment to society. We're being watched by our own government and labeled as extremists and anti-government radicals. Well, what has become the norm? Sadly, Hollywood has set the standard of normalcy, and it is appalling. It is now culturally acceptable to outwardly express love for the devil. We see so many celebrities making the sign of the horns of the devil with their hands. Impressionable young people are drawn into this. I think that many of them don't actually realize what they're doing, yet they mimic what they see. God has become evil and evil good. Isaiah 5.20 reads, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Matthew twenty four twelve, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many 
shall wax cold. The Eagles of Death metal band were performing that night. And I don't know if many of you have checked into this. This is not in the article. It is in the article. Um, but but I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what I think. You need to understand a few things. You need to understand that these lyrics are real. And that reciting these lyrics, I don't even like reciting them, but if I don't recite them, you'll never know what was being sung right when the terrorists began their killing spree. The song that they were playing, Eagles of Death, was called Kiss the Devil. And it was one of the crowd's favorite songs by the rock band. Here are the lyrics. This is not me, by the way. This is the band. This is the song. These are the lyrics that were being sung before ISIS and Islam attacked. Who will love the devil? Who will sing his song? Who will love the devil in his song? I'll love the devil. I'll sing his song. I will love the devil in his song. Who will love the devil? Who will kiss his tongue? Who will kiss the devil on his tongue? I'll love the devil. I'll kiss his tongue. I will kiss the devil on his tongue. Who will love the devil? Who will sing his song? I will love the devil and his song. First of all, crappy singing. Those of you who uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you'll be able to look at a picture there. And it's the crowd, many of whom have the devil's horns up. All right, woo-hoo, woo, woo, rock on, woo. You know, if they had, well, some of them have their beard and their, their drinks up. And that's a picture of the adoring fans of this, the people who are singing this song. Just minutes before most lay dead on the concert hall floor. Notice that many of the young people in the photograph were proudly holding up the sign of the devil with their hands. They danced with the devil that night, laughing and showing their solidarity with evil, and then pure evil entered the hall and shot them one by one. There were most likely very few, if any, Christians at the Bataclan that night. So dancing with the devil brought these young people face to face with Satan. Second Thessalonians 10 through 12, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that shall perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The young people who perished that night in Paris believed not the truth. They did not receive the love of the truth sent by God that they might be saved. So God sent them strong delusion so that they would believe the lie of Satan. And so they did. And so they died so horrifically. And I'm sure that Jesus wept over those lost ones. God wants none to perish. He sent his precious son, Jesus Christ, to pay the sin debt of all who will dwell on the earth. God wants people to be reconciled with him, and the death and resurrection of Jesus made that possible. But the only thing he asks is that we repent and believe. Those who perished in the concert hall in Paris will never get that chance. The devil is pleased, so pleased. John 3:16 and 17 
reads this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There's something wicked among us, folks, and we need to be aware. i 
You see, this is not a refugee crisis. This is a wickedness crisis. These are not refugees. These are wicked, wicked people. I think this is a, a great article by Dan Calabrese. Uh, it was written or published Friday, November 20th. Excellent writer. Now, what the left, the media, and quite a few Christians would have you think. Not what the left, the media, and quite a few Christians would have you think. What does the Bible really say about taking in Syrian refugees? It's always problematic when you look to the mainstream media and other left-wingers for an understanding of what Scripture says. To listen to them, you'd think Jesus was concerned with little more than sending checks to the poor, installing solar panels on roofs, and surrendering to any and all foreign enemies. That's why it's been easy for those who only crack a Bible when they're looking for something to justify an agenda to claim that Christian compassion demands we take in Syrian refugees without regard to the potential threat of ISIS terrorists who slip in among the crowd. Is that what the Bible actually says? Of course not. And David French does a nice job of getting to the conversation started over at National Review. Indeed, Scripture draws a clear line between the responsibility of the individual and the role of the state. Individuals are to forswear vengeance, leaving justice on to earthly rulers as God's agents of wrath who bring punishment on the wrongdoer. The state has an affirmative responsibility to protect its citizens, even to the point of bringing a sense of terror to those who do wrong. There is no contradiction between personally welcoming the strangers among us while our leaders endeavor to protect us from genocidal terrorist force that uses refugee status as a shield and disguise to perpetrate brutal attacks against innocent citizens. That is not to say, this is not to say that Scripture creates a paradigm of compassionate individuals and heartless governments throughout the Bible. Entire nations, not just individuals, are condemned for injustice including unjust treatment of the poorest and most vulnerable members of society. But to say that the only way to meet that standard is to open our doors to migrants when we know our enemy intends to plant terrorists within their ranks is once again to read far too much into Scripture. French is quoting Romans 13, which lays out clear lines of responsibilities for governments, particularly the imperative to protect the innocent from wrongdoers, now, that might seem to contradict Luke 10, in which Jesus teaches the importance of being a neighbor to someone in need, even if that someone comes from an enemy camp. But there is actually no contradiction. As liberals often do, they take directives aimed at individuals in the Bible and try to make them the responsibility of the state. More than that, they insist that the only way the directive can be fulfilled is in the manner that they prefer. What was extraordinary about the actions of the Samaritan in Jesus' parable is that the Samaritans and Jews typically would not associate with one another. Yet in this case, the Samaritan who found the Jew beaten alongside the road picked him up, tended to his wounds, and brought him to an inn where he instructed the innkeeper to look after him and even paid the bill. And yes, there is, that is absolutely the sort of love and compassion to which we are called as Christians, even when we're talking about someone we typically regard as the enemy. But it is important to recognize a couple of things. First, the Samaritan did not take the man into his own home. He paid the bill, but he did not in any way put himself at risk of harm from the man. Even more importantly, the Samaritan made a free choice of his own will to help the man. 
What the left wants to do in the case of the Syrian refugees, air quotes, is to use the power of the state to force an entire nation to welcome people into their midst without any effort to ensure that members of ISIS with evil intentions were filtered out. That's not compassion. That's national suicide. And if you think God wants, national, wants nations to commit suicide, just skim through the Old Testament and consider the many instructions he gave to Israelite kings to attack foreign armies, even killing and plundering those they conquered. When it came to warfare, God instructed the kings of Israel to be pretty ruthless dealing with their enemies. The Syrian refugee situation is a tricky conundrum because there surely are many among the group who have no evil intentions and genuinely need help, and America should want to help. But there are ways to do it without risking our own security. It would make more sense for them to be resettled in a majority Muslim country anyway, and we can do a lot of things to support that process. But the responsibility of government is to protect its people from harm, and the government is well aware of the fact that previous terrorist attacks have been perpetrated by people who slipped in as refugees and asylum seekers, knowing full well that this one this is one of the enemy's tactics, and doing absolutely nothing to prevent them from succeeding at it is not Christian compassion. It is a dereliction of duty. We can help, and we should but not by putting ourselves in jeopardy. If individuals are called by the Lord to take a risk and help a potentially dangerous person, then those individuals should trust the Lord. But for the leaders of our nation to decide that we all have to take that risk is neither scriptural nor moral. It's just plain wrong. You see, I call that, folks, back to me, I call that suicide by Scripture. You know, uh, someone in uh, in the message board here reminded me of something that I forgot to go back to the question, why the left wants all this immigration. It's because they, they want another protected class. The history of the left is a history of division, class versus class, race versus race, labor versus management. And they gain power from an atmosphere of constant conflict. They're not about solutions. Most of the time, they create the problem. Solutions spell political defeat for the left. You see, I, I'm going to say something that is uh, considered by many to be inflammatory. And I'm not saying it to be inflammatory. I'm saying it because, frankly, it's the truth. I think it goes even deeper than this very wise comment. I think it goes even deeper. It goes deeper to the point where I would even make a connection between ISIS and Black Lives Matter. Not all of Black Lives Matter, but a growing amount of Black Lives Matter people support ISIS. And the left supports Black Lives Matter. And the left doesn't want to obliterate ISIS from the map. You know, I talked about this several weeks ago. I, I had video. Uh, I'll try to find it and post it again. I had video of, of thousands of vehicles, thousands of people and, and hundreds of vehicles, U.S. vehicles, by the way. And ISIS had commandeered them. And they were on the road outside of Iraq. And they were chugging away toward Iraq, toward Baghdad. 
two A-10s, A-10 Warthog aircraft, could have bombed them to glass, melted the metal into coffins, evaporated them from the face of the earth so that they could kill no one, because that's all they want to do. Bring on the rain, my brother. Bring it on. Because something, as Madison Rising says, something wicked this way comes. Stop them there before they get here. So I had this interesting exchange with one of my young friends. I've known her for many, many years since she was very, very young. And this occurred on Facebook. If you were a Facebook friend or a follower on Facebook, I just deleted 300 and some names, uh, friends. And I think that just took me took me down, and then I added back a couple hundred people that have been waiting. Uh, but I think I have maybe six six spots. Not that it's not that there's any great thing to be my friend on Facebook, but they allow five thousand, and then after that, you can just follow. So if you're on Facebook and you want to see what you know, I publish a lot of stuff there. So, but this this exchange happened, and as I said before, she she saw one of my posts, one of the one of the uh, ringleaders of the Paris attack was killed. And I said, good, 10,000 more to go. She didn't like that. She said, that doesn't seem very Christian. So you're going to see. She felt disturbed by what she felt was my murder-happy, unchristian approach or tactics as it relates to the immigration jihad. The left is treasonously forcing upon America. Look, this is, as my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania says, this is an invasion crisis, folks. That's reality. Uh, Eric Stackelbeck going to be on the show again after Thanksgiving. ISIS exposed, beheading slavery in the hellish reality of radical Islam. He says it too, immigration jihad. Hirja. But this young young lady, this is how she responded to my statement. Christ tells us to be his hands and feet. I'm not going to say her name because I'm not just not going to do that. Um, I have a great deal of respect for her. Quite frankly, she's very intelligent. She's wrong, but she's intelligent. Christ tells us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to live in his image. I somehow highly doubt that Christ would be condoning murder and promoting hatred. I am truly confused and extremely upset by the air quotes Christian response to the idea of aiding those which have been oppressed, homeless, victims of rape and suffering abuse. I really would like to know how you justify your faith in the one true God while spreading these murder-happy posts. He says that above all else we should love. He says to house the homeless, feed the hungry. He says those who do these things are the righteous and they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. These are things that God commands us in his word and you would choose your own comfortability of being safe in this country, over what our Creator calls us to do? How are we to be disciples for others while displaying the opposite of who Christ is? Let me say before I get to my response, let me let me just say something that I didn't put in there. But you understand, and, and she clearly doesn't understand, that she is buying hook, line, and sinker. Been told by the left to spread. She's buying a hook, line, and sinker. She's bought it all. The oppressed, homeless victims of rape and suffered abuse. Let me say this. You know, the ones that came over on boats, you understand this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some truth here. 
the ones that came over on 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 uh, vessels over the water they went through the people on the boat who's a christian and they threw them overboard to their death we hear story after story of them these poor sad refugees throwing christian after christian to their death let me let me di- digress just a moment I want to say my buddy, I'm not going to say his name, active duty is deployed, but this is just Newcastle County today. Approximately 10% of the homeless veterans existing in Newcastle County is the number 26. 26. 266 homeless veterans. On December 19th, my buddy will celebrate his 43rd birthday while being deployed overseas. On this same day, Troubadour Ministries will be hosting 26 homeless veterans for a dinner concert. The goal is to give each veteran a gift card they can use to purchase Christmas gifts or personal items. This year, we would like to give each veteran a Christmas bag with essentials. We need 26 Christmas bags with deodorant, two-in-one shower shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrush, alcohol-free mouthwash, hat, scarf, and gloves. This deployed member and his wife would be greatly honored if we would consider sponsoring a bag in his name for each of these homeless veterans. You may also consider a donation to Troubadour Ministries in his honor. Donations are tax-deductible and can be made at troubadourministry.org. Uh, or you can call Ray Siemens. He's the And you just put a note on your check, that Christmas. Uh, Ray Siemens at 302-290-6573. There's an event that they're going to have. And if you'd like to come to that event, it'll be in northern Delaware, uh, we just want you to make a minimum contribution that would cover the cost of a veteran's meal along with yours, and seating is very limited, so we'd like for you to be involved in that. If you don't live in the area, you could get a hold of Ray Siemens. Tell him you heard about uh, this his deployed friend, he'll know who it is, from the Ninja Pastor on Dr. Sean Greener, and, and he'll know who it is, and he'll make that, you make that donation in honor of him. So that's something you can do, hands and feet of Christ. Believers, just downright good people. So that's what she wrote. And she says at the end, how are we to be disciples for others while displaying the opposite of who Christ is? You see, there's a problem. She is mistaken as to, number one, who Christ is. You'll see. How do you propose? This is me, my response here to her. How do you propose that which you believe God says in response to these Syrian air quotes refugees if you are dead. Because that is the goal of all Islamic adherents. Not just ISIS, by the way, folks. It's it's all of Islam. Kill all the infidels. They're commanded by their book, and that includes you. If you feel so compelled, how many have you taken in? How many will you house? How many will you feed? Do you not realize that this is a Trojan horse for terrorists, for those naive and inexperienced Christian Americans who constantly, through their guilt and misinterpretation of Scripture, make themselves easy prey? I'm an internationally regarded expert on Islam, their writings and edicts and culture. How much experience do you have with Syria, Syrian Muslims, Syrian Muslim culture? I am further a highly regarded Bible scholar holding a master's 
and doctorate in theology. My specialty is Hebrew culture and scriptural context. Have you read the Old Testament? Having love does not preclude you from dealing appropriately from with your sworn enemy. Did Israel invite their enemies in for dinner, or did they, by command of God, kill them? Here's a suggestion. There are thousands of innocent, displaced, and victimized Jewish, Israeli citizens victimized by Islamic Jihad. How many of those have you invited into your home? Those innocent Israelis aren't raised to hate us. They don't swear by their Surah 9 in their Quran to rape you and stone you to death, first chance they get. Look, you're welcome to still pray for the Syrians that are purported refugees, to support them with your money. Have you noticed, by the way, that adjacent to Syria is a Muslim country with accommodations in place in their Muslim country to house these refugees, and yet they refuse? Why? Because they have a confidence that these are wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, terrorists. Hashtag, just ask Paris. Christians also have a biblical mandate to protect the innocent. Might I interject Romans 13, 3-6 in the complete Jewish Bible? For rulers are no terror to good conduct but to bad. Would you like to be unafraid of the person in authority? Then simply do what is good, and you will win his approval. For he is God's servant, there for your benefit. But if you do what is wrong, be afraid, because it is not for nothing that he holds the power of the sword, for he is God's servant, there as an avenger to punish wrongdoers. Another reason to obey, besides fear of punishment, is this for the sake of com- conscience. This is why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's public officials, constantly attending to those duties. Listen, love is more than simply doing what the politically correct or the politically expedient thing seems to be. You know the the statement, love your neighbor as yourself. Neighbor, the word neighbor in Hebrew, refers to the people in your sphere, to the left of your home and to the right. Can you ask yourself, why aren't these 18 to 34-year-old male healthy refugees staying and fighting for their country? Why have these 18 to 34-year-old male refugees Abandon their own women and children. Hashtag, just ask Paris. Neighbors who do wrong within their community are to be severely punished by order and command of God. Islam, all of Islam is at enmity with God. All you need to do is read Surah 9. It's free on the Internet. And then I included for... Uh, I didn't put this in the post, but I wanted her to look it up. Freedom from obligation is proclaimed from Allah and his messenger toward those of the idolaters with whom ye made a treaty. Allah is free from obligation from the idolaters, and so is his messenger. Allah and Muhammad are not bound by treaties made by idolaters, except for those who don't oppose, oppose Allah. Give tidings, Surah number 3. Give tidings, uh, verse 3. Verse, I call it verse, it's crazy. Give tidings, O Muhammad, a painful doom to those who disbelieve. And then this is called the verse of the sword. This is Surah 9.5. Slay the idolaters wherever you find them. Now, I want you to read this. 
and a proclamation from Allah and its messenger to all men on the day of the greater pilgrimage is that Allah is free from obligation to the idolaters, and so is his messenger. So if you repent, it will be better for you. But if you are averse, then know that you cannot escape Allah. Give tidings, O Muhammad, of a painful doom for those who disbelieve. The young lady responds, I am not dead, nor do I think it stands to reason that aiding a refugee will absolutely result in death. Now, be aware, you're going to hear a UN number here. Seventy, I'm just going to read this to you, and, and, I'll, and then I'll, I'll address this at the end. 784,390, this is according to the UN, 784,395 refugees taken in by the United States since 9-11. Three have been arrested on terrorism charges. This is her quoting. Yes, there is a possibility that I could be harmed, but it is not likely, and I do not believe that my life is more important than love and compassion. Secondly, just because someone is taught a certain ideology doesn't mean they're going to act on it. People are capable and quite often make their own decisions. Just because someone is taught a violent religion, it does not make them a violent person. There is individual choice. As I do not have the kind of resources necessary to leave this country and offer aid elsewhere, I am counting on the refugees seeking safety here in the United States. I fully plan to be involved in assisting refugees. You suggest that I am naive. I don't suggest it. I say it point blank. I'm not suggesting it, by the way. I'm, I'm being very clear. That I am naive and an inexperienced Christian. I'm not suggesting it. You are. As also indicated by your lack of by your display of credentials, instead of actually trying to back up your actions with Scripture. We're playing sword drill here, folks. Never get in a land war with a Sicilian. Never get in a Bible uh, sword drill with a, with a reverend doctor. It's not wise. Clearly you're dismissing me and I do not care, and do not care about what I have to say. But because of 1 Timothy 4.12, I will finish my response. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. You suggested, no, I didn't suggest it. I said it point blank, that my thoughts are based on guilt and misinterpretation of the word. I assure you this is the, that, that this is not the case. I am basing my thoughts on Scripture. I'm sorry you feel I am misinterpreting the word by referencing Scriptures and their unambiguous meanings. See 1 Peter 4, 8, Colossians 3, 12, 14. Through 14, Matthew 20, 28, Galatians 5, 13 through 14, Matthew 5, 16, Luke 6, 27 through 31, Proverbs 14, 21, 1 John 3, 17 through 18, Matthew 28, 19. And she quotes a bunch of them and puts them here. <clears throat> and it ends up with, Go, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then she says to me, Trojan horse or not, we have a calling. I have read the Old Testament. Yes, there was bloodshed. Yes, the Bible says it was under God's instruction. I am not denying this. I am pointing out, however, however that Christ said this, Matthew 25, 41 through 46. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? 
he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. To answer your question, this is still this young lady. To answer your question, I spend a lot of time assisting the homeless, those in need. Every day at work, I help connect those in need with housing, food. I want you to hear this word, cash assistance. By the way, who does that cash assistance come from? Just as an aside, guess what? Thank you, Bob, uh, Princess Bride. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. I'm not sure I want to be that anymore. In my life outside of work, I have volunteered countless hours of service and given up my own resources to aid the homeless and those in need. I do help out. I also already work with people that are perceived as dangerous. And yes, I have worked with murderers. I find that by assisting this population and by loving them, they are given the opportunity to show love also and to strive for change and to better themselves. Syrians are no different. Reaching out and loving them can have just as much of an impact. Okay. I'll just wait to respond. I take issue with the sphere comment about neighbors. According to the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, 25-37, a neighbor is not about geographical location. Lastly, I'm sorry if my comments offend you or upset you. That was not my intention. Well, they didn't offend me. They didn't upset me. This is what I expect. I merely have been and still am confused by the outright hatred I am seeing and was hoping for clarification. As I see no clarification, and as you have dismissed my references to Scripture, I believe we have arrived at an impasse. And as such, I will leave you to your beliefs, and I will hold to mine. This is how I responded. I use the term Trojan horse. Oh, wait, you know what? Let me interrupt myself. Let me, I, let me, give, let me give you this first, because I think this is important. I use the term Trojan horse, so let's be sure we talk in an educated manner about Trojan horse. You guys know who Monica Crowley is. She's, she's got a Ph.D. She's extremely smart. Dr. Monica Crowley is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met, and she wrote this great piece regarding the, air quotes, refugee crisis. The refugee crisis is jihad by another name. It's Islamic conquest through migration. Now, I'm going to plug Eric Stackelbeck's book again, ISIS Exposed, because they are on the same page. She wrote this November 18th. 2015. Immediately following the Islamic State terror attacks in Paris that killed and wounded hundreds of people, French President Francois Hollande rightly declared them acts of war, deserving a merciless response. This latest act of violent jihad, however, stems directly from another form of jihad, one that has been underway in Europe for decades but has ramped up dramatically over the past year. It's called Hijrah. Hijrah is a core part of jihad going back to the Prophet Muhammad that involves Islamic conquest through migration. The objective is to overwhelm non-Muslim countries with Muslim populations until they achieve domination through sheer numbers. No weapons necessary until they gain control. Now, let me say this. This is back to me. Let me, let me just say this. By the way, folks that are calling in, um, if you're listening, I, I will not be able to take... I won't be able to take your calls. Uh, we're down to 22 minutes and have about an hour's worth of material left. And so sorry, sorry. <clears throat> you need to understand that several weeks ago, I did a show in which I talked about the percentages required. I talked about the birth rates of Muslims everywhere they are compared to the birth rates of the original peoples. And I said this is on purpose. The reason they take multiple wives is so they can have many more children. 
so that they can overpopulate at an exponential rate. Folks, I told you these things. So they're using Hijrah. Overwhelming non-Muslim territories with Muslim populations. At least one of the parish jihadis originated in Syria and registered as an air quotes refugee through Greece. This is less of a refugee crisis and more of an occupation. Several weeks ago, I traveled through Central Europe and witnessed firsthand this Islamic tsunami across Austria and Germany. I saw tens of thousands of people pouring in with few constraints on their whereabouts and behavior. It was clear that it was only a matter of time before the chaos turned far more convulsive and violent. Let's be clear. Some of them may be flaring fleeing war and persecution, but most are not. In fact, only about 10% of the new arrivals are from Syria. The other 90% are from elsewhere in the Middle East, North Africa, and countries like Pakistan and Indonesia, who are using the European Union's open doors, open borders policy to reach the West for social welfare and the longer-term goal of spreading Islam. Let me say this. Let me interrupt. Let me interrupt the good doctor and say this. You know, I opened the show talking about... Uh, Clockman, Ahmed, Clockboy. And now they're suing uh, for 15, in total, $15 million. You understand that this is part of what they're doing here. This is part of Islam's march. They use our own courts against us. They send their people to the best law schools, and then they dismantle our weak-minded people. And they do it because they're on a mission. They stop being refugees when they, this is back to the article, when they failed to register for asylum in the first safe country in which they arrived. But the EU refuse, refuses to enforce its own borders and laws on asylum. Sound familiar? Because most of the EU member states have also laid down the welcome mat. Thousands continue to pour in daily. In Germany alone, an estimated one point. Five million Muslims, uh, and she should have actually said more, are expected. If the EU were serious about taking in genuine refugees, it would have followed Australia's example of processing all refugees offshore. Those who qualify as actual refugees are then brought on shore to be further processed. Others are sent back to their countries of origin. But the EU is apparently intent on committing continental suicide, largely because of misguided World War II-generated guilt concerning displaced persons and a desire to replenish a declining workforce. It will take all comers, regardless of who they are or why they're coming to Europe or what they intend to do once they're here. In Vienna, I visited the main train station and refugee camp through which the majority are coming into Central Europe. Most were en route to Germany, or chan whose chancellor, Angela Merkel, has thrown the doors open to them. The place was crawling with police. A few volunteers told me that security was a serious issue. Rape, assault, child abuse, theft, murder. So the government had increased the police and military presence. Contrary to the narrative, which this young lady has given me, most of the refugees, <clears throat> that, contrary to the narrative that most of the refugees are actually families escaping the march of ISIS, most are, in fact, young men, 18 to 34 years old. I did see some women and children, but they were the distinct minority. In fact, 80% of the, the, the refugees are men. Many of them say that once they get asylum, they will take advantage of an EU policy to bring in the rest of their families. Perhaps they will, perhaps they won't. Perhaps it depends on what they do once they're settled. Perhaps 
They have other things in mind. Prior to the Paris attacks, ISIS had claimed that it had several thousand fighters in Central Europe. They didn't operate in a vacuum. This is also a growing al-Qaeda, Iranian loyal militia, and Muslim Brotherhood presence. Reports of Sharia enclaves are on the rise. I'm going to skip ahead here. Uh, we were told that many Muslims turned away food because it, it, the International Red Cross was stamped on it. We were also told that many of the men carry weapons, knives specifically, which they often use to threaten those trying to help them. Many are increasingly using tactics such as hunger strikes, lawsuits, and threats of violence to force German authorities to meet their ever-growing list of demands from free health care to their own single-family homes while laughing at demands for assimilation. Folks, I need you to understand something here. You need to understand that this, this whole refugee crisis is a sham. It's a sham. It's a lie. Don't be a sucker. This young lady is a nice person, but she's a sucker. She's wildly misinterpreting Scripture. Not because she wants to. She just can't help herself. She's had that kind of teaching. I think it's important. I think it's extremely, extremely important. To help folks that are in genuine need. But you know what we did? We stayed and fought. My buddy Steve said, if we had to flee the East Coast, do we seek refuge in China or, or the Netherlands? No. We set up safe zones and fortify within our own country. 194 other countries won't take them because they know who follows the pale rider. Amen, brother. Look, we have to speak the truth. We have to call it what it is. And it is what it is. We can't lie about what it is. We can't pretend to know what it is if we don't know what it is. Back to the article. Meanwhile, its waves are crashing upon our own shores. The Obama administration has announced that the United States will accept 200,000 refugees. More to come. And all eligible for full social welfare benefits. This dovetails with the existing refugee resettlement program, which the administration has used to bring in tens of thousands of Muslims, often settling them in red or purple states. Not a coincidence. Europe is quickly reaching the point of no return, after which its transformation will be irrevocable. We have more time to prevent such a transformation here, but that time may be shorter then we think the Islamic Trojan horse looks next to America. Will we let it in? Folks, here's the thing. I read you a, a thing a while ago that my buddy and his wife are doing with the Troubadour Ministries, Ray Siemens. Going to provide for 26, which is only 10% of the homeless veterans existing in Newcastle County today. Folks, we have the fact that we have American combat veterans without a home, without the means to care for themselves, and yet Hussein Obama is forcing outwardly and covertly upon American citizens a Trojan horse of our ultimate destruction is egregious. It's disgusting. It is treason. It is treason. So then I responded to the young lady on Facebook, just to, just to wrap this up. You've been quite clear and articulate in your response. 
as it seems to you that quoting the scriptures you've quoted, context notwithstanding, you are hurtling headlong into territory that is unsustainable. They are enemies of God, not forlorn refugees. If this was your wish and your naivete only endangered your life, well, that would be a more acceptable risk than to endanger our entire country. By the way, you quoted a U.N. figure. Were you aware that the U.N.'s figures are most often wildly inaccurate and almost always skewed? I should say always skewed toward their agenda. Ask yourself why their bordering Arab countries will not take them. Then ask them. Ask the bordering Arab countries and then ask the people seeking asylum. Finally, you didn't offend me. You're passionate about what you believe. Passion is good. Your ideology sounds good and godly. It feels better than to identify the refugees I'm talking about as not enemies of God and of mankind, but those to be loved and reached out to like the hands and feet of God. Feelings lie. You highlighted that I quoted no scripture in refuting your belief. That would be pointless, as you believe, context notwithstanding, that the verses you quote mean what they mean to you. No amount of scripture I'd quote would convince you that the suicide for Christ is in a more noble and higher cause than that of preserving the gift of liberty and freedom God granted us. Look, I'm not surprised you do loving and kind work. That is your heart. You've always had a lovely heart. However, I am a sheepdog, and the wolves are coming, and they are coming in refugees' clothing. It is my call to protect the homeland against those sworn to kill our people. My hope is that as the American body count begins to climb to horrific numbers, that if you are still alive, that you will take that kind heart and you will minister to those that lost their innocent family in the Islamic Jihad that these same people promised us. These same refugees who danced and cheered in their streets on 9-11. Let me say this. This young lady is a sweet and highly intelligent, fervent believer in Christ. And what she knows of Christ, I hold her in the highest esteem. I don't look down upon her. She had the boldness to engage me. However, I share this thread of conversation with you because it helps to illustrate the liberal left impact and influence upon the church. I talked about this in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. All you need to do to get the book is either go to the ninjapastor.com, look for the book, and click on the link. It'll take you right there. Or you just go straight to Amazon. You don't get any better deal by going there. So click on the Ninja Pastor. It's easier to remember. Now, I want to call out the liberal left in the churches across America whose pastors from their pulpits claim Islam and Christianity are very similar, that we worship the same God. No, no, it is not. No, no, we do not. I could quote 30 verses and, and 30 citations from the Quran. We just don't have time. But the young Christian I, I spoke with was struggling with the idea of how I could condone or even encourage violence, killing within a Christian mindset or biblical outlook. In other words, murder happy, as she calls it. The founding of the United States of America illustrates this point profoundly. America is the first and only nation founded specifically on Christian and Judeo-Christian values, 
and with the specific purposes of creating a nation that would allow men and women to practice their religion, Christianity, freely. In order to do this, men had to fight and men had to die. The United States has been blessed beyond measure by God and has been a blessing to this world. Look, that's not an arguable statement. This country fights oppressors. We give food to the hungry, medicine to the sick, schools to the poor, protects the rights of women and children globally. Throughout all of time, the good have had to fight the evil. Fight with weapons and bloodshed. God blessed battles. God knows that Satan has control down here and that the natural course for evil is to reign if left unchecked. Not everyone is called to do this. As Paul wrote regarding our gifts and our callings, some of us are hands and some of us are feet. The hands shouldn't denigrate the feet, nor should they try to be them. Love your neighbor in the way that you're called to love them. But listen, folks, your neighbor needs to be kept safe. Your neighbor can't be Jesus' hands if they have had their heads chopped off or are living under such tyranny and oppression that they are merely slaves. God doesn't call all of us to fight. But he does hold all of us responsible to fight evil. We are not to judge others, but we are called to discernment. I think it is also significant to note that as our commitment to God as a nation has waned, so also has our ability as a nation to be a protector and to be successful and prosperous. Look, it's hugely instructional to look at the situation we're in and to make the correlation between the godless tyrant running our nation, Barack Hussein Obama, and to look at the anti-biblical laws and policy he and his administration are putting into place. We've got to turn to Jesus. We've got to do it now. Nobody's promised another day. We live on the razor's edge of life and death. And that grows thinner. That razor's edge grows thinner every moment of every day. And in the upcoming broadcast, I'm going to tell you very specifically what you and your family should and could do to help you prepare appropriately for the immigration jihad and the Christian and Jewish blood that will flow as promised by ISIS and Islam in the streets. They constantly, the adherents of Islam, constantly and consistently promise and deliver. It's only a matter of time. Next week, I'm going to give you the top 10 things. I'm going to actually give you more than that. The top 10 things that you can do. You, these are actionable things, things that you can do. If you're suddenly in a situation like Paris, people have asked me, they've begged me, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to do it. I'll just, I'll just carve out the time and do it. I want to play something, and, and, and this is for my UDT, SEAL, Special Forces people that listen. They send me these notes all the time. I, uh, I appreciate you all so much. I appreciate, you know, all of the Army, all of the Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, I appreciate you all. 
But these folks, for whatever reason, they've locked and loaded it. Again, Madison Rising. talking about folks that's what i'm talking about sheep dogs warriors war fighters listen there's no point in dilly dallying around this is the real deal lock and load folks lock and load 
They're here. They're not coming. They're here. And our government is inviting more. And they're using your taxpayer dollars to fund them. Join me next Sunday. I'll be here. Thanks for joining me today. Send your comments. Sign up. Send your comments on Blog Talk Radio. That really helps me. I appreciate it. Lock and load, folks. Lock and load. Join us next time for the collision of faith and politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.